Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In this episode, the film detectives dive into the world of Wong Kar Wai. Kar Wai's films view relationships through the eye of the camera, creating vivid imagery, a lush landscape of love and heartache. His cinematic language is the image he paints of characters who are traversing the rocky landscape of their own self-worth and being. With his film, In the Mood for Love, Wong Kar Wai draws upon his love of Hong Kong and Shanghainese culture during the 1960s. The year is 1962. A journalist, Chow, and his wife move into a Hong Kong apartment, but Chow's spouse is often away on business. Before long, the lonely Chow makes the acquaintance of the alluring Su Li Jian, or Mrs. Chan, played by Maggie Cheung, whose own significant other also seems preoccupied with work. As the two get to know each other, they realize their respective partners are cheap on them. In turn, they themselves fall for one another. Wong Kar Wai goes the opposite way in his film My Blueberry Nights. Made in 2007, My Blueberry Nights stars Nora Jones as Elizabeth, a young woman who breaks up with her boyfriend of five years and consoles herself by consuming creamy confections at a sympathetic cafe owner's eatery, played by Jude Law. Setting out on a self-enlightening road trip, Elizabeth along the way meets interesting characters that help her realize the potential of the love she has left behind. I think it's kind of fitting we actually watch these two films at this time of year because, you know, love is such a central theme in both of them. And this time of year, I feel like is the very lovey-dovey type time of year. I almost feel like more than Valentine's in a way. Yeah, because everyone's like, you know, celebrating the Christmas time and we're getting near that time. I can't believe it's next week. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So these films definitely really portray love in a different respects. One with In the Mood for Love, Wong Kar Wai portrays love between two people who are caught in marriages that are loveless and they're trying to escape and find a way out from their prison in those marriages because their spouses are actually cheating on both of them with each other. And they come to find out, which is insane. It's it's really brilliantly crafted in this film. And Wong Kar Wai really knows how to weave the story and bring those characters together in that way, which I found really interesting within the mood for love that they're victims, yet they still cheat on their own respective spouses instead of talking it out with their spouses, which I thought was an interesting take on an affair happening in a marriage and such. Because like he was saying, and he could have done the whole affair route, but there's, you know, so many films that have done affairs and stuff like that, but never... Never the the spouses are the ones having the affair while the other ones are not. You know what I mean? Like the central character is normally the one having the affair, not the other character with the other person's, you know, significant other. It usually tends to be one sided. Exactly. Usually the victim one and one is usually the perpetrator or is the one doing the hurt towards the other. And I think one car Y is trying to say with this is that it takes two to tango. And he wanted to really portray that time period in the mood for love takes place in the 1960s, early 1960s to mid 60s and takes place over several years. And which you don't really get a sense of because he crafts it in such a way that the changes are very subtle. He wanted to convey the change of time through music. He wanted to try to do it also visually and also through food. And, you know, when you first watch that film, you, you know, if you if you are not familiar with the culture and such, you know, you wouldn't pick up on that. But it's interesting to like then revisit it and knowing how he uses visual cues to change 
time and bring us into the period that we are living in with these characters. Well, another thing that I was reading about is that that time it was kind of frowned upon for a man and woman, if they're not, you know, married to be together like uh, our two main characters were. Right. Because the the older woman who owns the apartment that these two end up moving together with their spouses. She is the matriarch of the thing and is poking her nose in everyone's business. Because in those situations, people would always come together and and everyone kind of knows like each other's business in, since you are living so closely together. It's like cheers when you walk in and everybody knows your name. Right. <laughs> like, oh, hey, it's Bob now. And oh, hey, it's it's Tom. And, and you know, did oh, you there's the, what they did yesterday. And did you, yeah. And everyone's like, it's almost kind of has like a gossipy Type high of school feel, drama. high school drama type of feel to it because you know like you have all these characters coming and going and especially food they share food together in the common room that is there in the in the apartment and then everyone kind of separates and goes off on their own separate paths of life and then they come back and congregate at this central location and I think with location wise and setting Wong Kar Wai conveys the sense of mood and almost that trapped prison type of feel because we are trapped within a specific space and we don't really see too much of the outside world the only thing we really see is in these brief glimpses of the two main characters Mrs. Chen who's played by Maggie Cheung, and then Chow, who's played by Tony Leong. The only time that we really see them in the outside world is in the brief glimpses of seeing them getting food together or just spending time under an underpass. And we're in these like brief moments of time and space that convey a certain type of mood, which is that these two are trying to continue their relationship, even though they know that their respective spouses are hurting them and they want to continue this relationship. But because of the time, because of the gossip that would instill a sense of shame uh, that kind of comes with that culturally, Maggie Cheung's character, Mrs. Chan, chooses to end the relationship because she's too afraid of what the backlash will be if she confronts her husband that he's cheating on her and that she tells him that she's also cheating as well. She doesn't want to appear vulnerable. Wong Kar Wai has such a strong female character in a certain respect, but she's still afraid to go that extra distance and really tell her husband her actual feelings and 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 discuss that. Because in, in the culture, they didn't really do that back in that day. They were very closed off about talking about relationships and they didn't really want to appear weak, you know, and they wanted to just pretend that like everything's fine. They're like, oh, it's, it's okay. You know, as long as the neighbors don't know, we're okay. Which... <laughs> It's of that time during the 60s, we discuss things more nowadays because we've grown as people, thankfully. And I find that in The Mood for Love, it's a great portrayal of that trapped feeling that these two have in their own relationships. And then they find comfort in each other, too. Yeah. Seems like in The Mood for Love, uh, a big thing we're circling around is time. You know, time is used throughout the whole movie to just, you know, move us along and just take us through their life. And what I kind of got out of it, even from a personal aspect, they have the whole the whole film where our uh, the two central characters are Chow and Mrs. Chan. They're in a rock and a hard place, basically, where with with their spouses, you know, having an affair with the other. And they kind of go through the whole film and they never truly 
they kind of just call off, you know, like you said, they call off what she kind of stops what was being manifested there between the two of them. And it made me think about in real life, Wong Kar Wai uses time in this film to kind of show, but it's a longing for what you never had. Right. Because when she's helping him write his stories and such, you can tell like you want them to be together, just how they act together and how they are are around each other it's like oh well what's stopping them from being together and it's that rock you know that's and that's what i appreciated about these two films i know we'll get to my blueberry nights in a bit but they both portray love in such a realistic way there is no sappy a cliche things no it's not a hallmark movie of course not but no melodrama yeah but even still like i know we'll we'll discuss Blueberry Nights in a bit, but just the different relationships there of different, not even regular relationships with family and friends and things like that are explored in that film. But this film in general, I know most people, when you talk about them, there's somebody in their life that they thought, you know, was the one. And this is getting deep, but, you know, they thought there was the one and just either time didn't add up correctly or the circumstances didn't work out. And people drift apart. Exactly. People drift apart. And and you kind of look back and I believe fully when you have an attachment to someone, you can never lose that attachment fully because we're human you know we have feelings so yeah and we love and we you attach to certain people you know it's like that's and then we try to grow that relationship but in this one it's interesting because like their relationship with their spouses is very cold very um i would say repetitive and then also however they're meeting together every so often to have the affair itself you know has a repetitiveness to it and i think wong kar wai wants to show the relationship as it changes as that relationship between those two changes so does the environment and the food but the repetitiveness adds to that almost mundaneness of the relationship that they're trying to start but they're also there is some hope in it but you know, they're stuck They're They can't get out. They're in like a, a causality loop. Yeah, basically. Pretty much. Also, he portrays relationships, especially in this film. He wanted to give it like a certain alternate angle of an affair, because as you said, we've we've seen the typical victim and the one perpetrating the affair. You know, this is a great example of a different angle of it and also, you know, raises that question of, you know, what is true happiness and what are the lengths that people should go to to achieve their own happiness despite what they're facing in their culture, roadblocks in their society or roadblocks in their own current relationship and such. Which could be tied into real life. It seems like every, every film we watch ties into real life. Isn't that incredible? It's like film's a part of us. Well, that's the thing with a lot of these directors that we've covered in the show they are very sensitive to the human condition. They also want to show humanity at its worst, at its best, and how can we adapt and overcome certain obstacles that are in our way. Wong Kar Wai, I think, really draws upon his own personal experiences because, you know, he comes from this culture. He, he, he grew up in China and this particular film in the mood for love takes place in Hong Kong. And there's that culture clash between the Shanghainese and the Cantonese culture. So during that time period, he was saying that a lot of Shanghainese came from Beijing and uh, other parts of China to Hong Kong and the Cantonese wouldn't really uh, mix with the Shanghainese. So again, with this film, it, it kind of shows that trying to tackle that that barrier that he was trying to get out of the norm. 
Exactly. And show a certain type of people in exile. These characters, when we first see them at the very beginning of the film, they've just moved into this apartment. They're kind of like fish out of water and don't really feel like they fit in. And the only way they seem to fit in is by seeking solace in each other's company, uh, which kind of develops that relationship as well as their uh, significant others cheating on them, you know, pushes them together. But also the social and cultural divide that was during that time also kind of pushes them together as well. Another thing it just reminded me that I really appreciated about this film is that uh, in his interview, one car was talking about that for Tony Leung, he wanted him to kind of, he's talked about like in some of his other work that he had done voiceover and stuff. And this film, he was basically going to go in and not have lines and let the actions tell the story. And that's, that's how it is in real life. You know, we only talk when we, when we're having an objective to get something, all of our other cues are through, you know, what we do visually glances and, and body movement, which mm-hmm. are so powerful for an audience. Cause when you have a camera that close to an individual, to an actor, you pick up on every single little nuance and instance that they do. And you realize that's, that's what's telling the story. That's so much more powerful than putting a dialogue in somebody's mouth. You can tell somebody loves somebody or is attracted to somebody or wants to sleep with somebody just by their reactions. And they're all different. And that's what Wong Kar Wai really expertly does in this film, because he's influenced by Ozu. He's influenced by Brisson. He's influenced by Antonioni. Brisson in in his close-ups would focus on the character. And then we're always wondering what's happening outside that frame. With Antonioni, the street shots are very Antonia-esque, which, you know, a lot of Antonioni's films took place on the streets of Italy. And I always get that sense, especially in this movie, because so many of the street scenes have that feel where it's a nice long take and he's setting up the mood with that shot. And and we're following these characters through the space. It's allowing it to breathe. What I find also interesting with Wankar Y films, which kind of also ties into My Blueberry Nights that he carries over as a visual staple for his films is the slow down the half frame rate basically yeah it, it's it's literally a half frame rate and it accentuates the dramatic mood that he's trying to convey that a certain character is feeling at that particular moment and yeah they're very important moments in each film when he does it too you know it's something it, it's basically a cheat a cheat sheet for the viewer it's like okay something important is happening this is why I'm doing this type of thing. It's like, you don't need the context because I'm going to give it to you right out. I'm going to give you the answers to the test right in front of you. <laughs> you know, he's not trying to quicken us and, 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 and just blow through the moment itself. He wants us to feel what the characters feel in that particular moment. Prime example is when, you know, Tony Leong is feeling what, like trying to make a decision of how he feels about Maggie Chiang's character, uh, Mr. Chan. And there's several moments where Wong Kar Wai frames him in the shot and he's just, you know, taking a drag of a cigarette and it's slowed down super slow, but it's just breathing the contemplativeness that Tony Leong is feeling in that particular moment without any words. It's just a visual archetype that Wong Kar Wai uses. And you can attest to this in real life. You know, when you go into those big moments in your life, whatever it may be, in relationships, proposing, asking someone to be with you, your mind kind yeah. of go either goes into a super slows. fast, yeah, slows down, but your thoughts are going at 100 miles an hour. Time stands still at certain moments. You know, it seems to slow. And I think that's what Wong Kar Wai 
is trying to convey with those uh, shots. And he especially does it also in My Blueberry Nights when Jude Law's character who owns the diner, how is he feeling at a specific moment? He's looking at Nora Jones's character in at the counter and it slows time down or it's when he's alone thinking about her. And it again, Wong Kar Wai slows the frame rate down to let us feel what he's feeling at that particular moment. When two characters are connected together, that's like the visual cue to show what he's feeling at that particular moment. Well, well, since you hopped over to My Blueberry Nights, which I'm glad you did, can I just talk about the first time that they have pie together and the absolute incredible cinematography and just like with the, you know, the zoom in and everything, but then you have the actual pie melting to signify, I mean, you know what that signifies. You don't have to go into to super yeah. detail there. It but. signifies sex, guys. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it, it's so sensual, like the way he- They're eating pie together is so like, oh my goodness. Well, the whole fact that she ends up with pie on her face and then he licks it off without her knowing which is a very sexual moment. And the thing I find interesting is that he doesn't show sex visually, but he hints at it in very subtle ways, especially in My Blueberry Nights. The whole pie aspect is what those two share, you know, what Nora Jones's character feels at or feels towards Jude Law's character. Wong Kar Wai uses those visual, very sensual scenes to show us the relationship between Jeremy and Elizabeth. And the close-up of the pie itself and the blending of the two colors is them coming together and kind of represents their sort of like lucid relationship at that particular moment in the film, which then solidifies at the very end, you know, when she comes back and they have pie again together and they break bread together. And again, it's Wong Kar Wai using food as a symbol of time. But the constant in this film, the food is constant. It doesn't really change. The pie stays the same. No matter how far you go, it still is the same when you come back. In regards to one of my favorite scenes from My Blueberry Nights has to be when Jude Law's character, Jeremy, is calling all of the different uh, diners and he's calling up every single one and the time he actually gets her on the phone and says elizabeth and he gets so excited and just like basically pours his heart out that he's so you know just so great to be able to talk to her and then he's like i know it's not you but i just really had to say that that hit a personal core with me because when you care about somebody it's just different it really is and you could feel at that moment this guy really loves this girl even though he really doesn't know her that much, he's already that much closer to her. He definitely has feelings for her, and they just intensify when she's gone. Distance makes the heart grow fonder type of thing. That's what happens with him. And that's such a real moment, because we've all done something like that in real life. It's that old saying, you never know what'll happen until you do something or try it. That's such a real moment of him just going out on a limb and just basically saying what he's wanted to say when they first started talking and building the tension between each other. Because when we first see her, she's in a vulnerable spot. She's just found out that her boyfriend is cheating on her. And again, Wong Kar Wai shows how a certain affair causes another relationship to form, which is kind of the parallel between these two films is that people who are unhappy 
they will find a way to be happy. And I think that's what he's trying to show in this film, too, is also, you know, everyone deserves happiness and, and deserves to be happy. And Nora Jones's character, Elizabeth, has to find that happiness by going on these travels and meeting these different characters, because especially I, I think the most important moment that she realizes what a relationship is and what she wants in a relationship is when she meets the character of Arnie, played by David Strathern. The He's the drunk at the bar. He's a cop. He's lost his wife. He's not really divorced, but he's still pining after his wife, who's seeing a younger man. And Elizabeth sees this, and I think just seeing what the effect of seeing the person you love the most in the world, seeing them be with someone else and how that affects someone's heart and soul. She sees that in Arnie's character and it's driven him to almost madness. I mean, he even pulls a gun on his ex-wife and, you know, threatens her to just get her back in his life because he knows what he has lost. So do you think he he killed himself or do you think he actually crashed? Because they say he had an accident, but I, I was thinking he killed himself based on how everything kind of was going. I think he did because when... Rachel Weiss, who plays his wife, goes back to the scene of where the accident happened. She even says, this is where we first met because they met when he pulled her over for like a speeding ticket or something. And she kind of flirted with him and they got to know each other. And that's how they developed their relationship. But the fact that he killed, I, I would say he killed himself by crashing into a pole at the particular spot that they first met. It had a symbolism to it that I think really hit home with her character, she feels it after his passing. And that just goes to show you that you never you never lose that attachment to somebody. Even if, you know, she found a younger man, there's still going to be that whole journey they took together, those special moments. They experienced a certain moment in their lives together. Yeah, I think that particular vignette that Wong Kar Wai weaves into that film allows the character of Elizabeth to fully accept what she wants in a relationship and also that she is missing Jeremy. Oh, yeah. She writes him all the time. Exactly. It's a long distance relationship, but they know something is there and they finally realize it at the very end that, OK, this could work. And I think each one of them also has to have closure in their own relationships. Jude Law gets closure with his relationship that he kind of talks briefly about at the very beginning of the film. His ex-girlfriend comes back and I, that was a brilliant moment, too, because it's just shot outside his store, the the cafe that he works at and owns, it just stays on that kind of medium shot, doesn't get any closer. It's just the two of them talking and you feel the chemistry that each of these two have for each other. There's, they have past history yet. Oh yeah, even when they kiss at the end. Exactly. Like he, he's hoping for her return, but he finally realizes, I think at that moment that she's not coming back. She will never come back. Our two central characters basically are always around each other, but they're never they never like run into each other. They never realize that they're in the same place type of thing. He does a little bit of a different thing here with my Blueberry Nights and that Jeremy is sending, you know, letters and stuff to Elizabeth, but she's always moving around. She's never in the same place. So it's a little bit of a different type of dynamic, but it's still that same type of thing. Like, oh, they're so close, but yet they're so far away. Exactly. Yeah. In the mood for love, they're 
in a closed tight space because of that closed space a relationship develops whereas this one it's as you said a long longer distance relationship that develops which is a nice contrast with a lot of Wong Kar Wai's films I, I find he tends to continue certain themes throughout his films he just has that type of mood and dramatic voice that he lends to his films that always carries over. It's funny because like when he was shooting In the Mood for Love, the sci-fi film 2046 that he shot, he actually shot that concurrently. I found out today that he shot that concurrently while In the Mood for Love was happening while he was shooting that film because they were looking for investors to continue making In the Mood for Love. So he sh went off to shoot 2046 or they called it 246. And it was a continuation of those characters because he has the main character played by Maggie Chung. She shows up in several of Wong Kar Wai's films as one of the female characters. Um, shows up in 246, shows up in In the Mood for Love, and I think there's a couple others that she shows up at. Back to My Blueberry Nights, I think this film was like definitely his breakout into the American market, and he, in the mood for love, he was experimenting then and then was able to carry some of those ideas over to this film, My Blueberry Nights, and bring them fully into fruition, I think. He's matured. He's also found more of what he's looking for and what he's trying to say. Well, even back to My Blueberry Nights, there's the scene where Nora receives the phone call, where Natalie, well, Leslie, Natalie's character, receives the phone call that her dad's in the hospital. He's not in good shape. She doesn't believe it because it's happened before. So they go there. Elizabeth goes upstairs and her dad is actually dead. And at that moment, I feel like that's where Elizabeth truly realizes how quick, you know, life can go and, and, and a moment's notice. And that's when she's like, I need to get back to New York. And then we, we kind of see the end of it. We kind of see that's the climax, right? So she's like, oh, man. Also, she sees that. Natalie Portman's character, she never got to really talk to her father. She kind of just left home and stole the car. Yeah. And he sent her the deed and everything. <laughs> yeah, which is great. And so she, I think Elizabeth sees that and is then like, okay, nothing unsaid should be left unsaid. I, I, I need to get back. I need to get back to see Jeremy and, and see him. It's the fleetingness of life itself that propels Elizabeth's character even further to decide, I need to get back quick. And it, it's interesting how Nellie Portman's character represents the gamble that we take on life itself, in a way. The lighting in My Blueberry Nights is absolutely phenomenal. It, it's a auteur director really knowing his craft and just knowing how to paint an image with light. You know, in the mood for love, he uses shadows to express mood and also make us feel what the character is feeling in that particular moment. And he frames it like Ozu does with walls framing off the central image, the character in, in like the center of the image, or he'll do it with a tracking shot that we're just slowly tracking in on the character as they move through a space or are in a space. And the locations are very minimal. You know, he keeps it very trapped, confined, whereas like my Blueberry Nights, everything's more open. You know, you start off kind of contained in the cafe and everything out of frame is kind of discussed via dialogue or we understand it through body movement. And 
you know, he doesn't really go out too much outside of that world until Elizabeth Nora Jones's character finally decides to go on the road trip and explore the rest of the world and get out of the bubble that she is in. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because in a way she is kind of still trapped because she needs that car. She's free, but she's trapped at the same time. That's something I grabbed from the film, you know, watching in, in the move for love. They're pretty much trapped the whole film. They, I mean, they don't have, you know, the ability to, you know, just up and leave. Uh, Nora's character does. But Nora is still trapped in a sense that she doesn't have what she wants yet. Right. And she's trying to find what her self-worth is. And prove to herself that she can be on her own. Because a lot of the time in a relationship, you have to be happy with who you are and you have to just be happy with yourself before you can be with another person, I think. Because if you're not a happy person with yourself, I, that's huge. you know, and you, it, it's very hard to love someone else and share your world with someone else. That's one of the elements that really shines through on My Blueberry Nights and feels very realistic. Welcome to uh, Relationship Advice with uh, Trevor and I. I know, right? We're, we're giving you guys the skivvy on <laughs> <laughs> on, on Relationship 101 <laughs> with Trevor and Elliot, yes, here on Film Detectives. And at the end of the day, you know, it, it kind of circles back to, I feel like Wong Kar Wai is allowing us to, because every every filmmaker we've watched so far, it all comes back to, like you said, the, the human condition. And Wong Kar why really allows us to kind of examine love and what do we truly want? Who do we truly want to be? Who do we want to be with? And, you know, what is it, what does it mean to us as individuals, not just in relationships stance, but about ourselves as well, like you said, because before you can love anybody else, you have to love yourself. If you like this episode, follow us on social media at Film Detectives for further news and upcoming shows. Join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.